Hello, this is Dominique Chanel Cancio, your host at RCA Podcast. If you are a frequent listener, then you may have noticed we did not release our mini-sid last week. In respects to Memorial Day and to mourn the recent death of a close friend, we decided to take the week off. Paige Johnson and I created this podcast during a strange and difficult time during this quarantine as a way to bring some laughter and smiles to ourselves and to our listeners every week. Though occasionally we may bring up some serious topics during our episodes, we generally like to keep it lighthearted. But we also think it's necessary to acknowledge the state of the world at this moment before we drop our mini-show today. To honor our friend, George Floyd, and all the allies in the Black Lives Matter movement. Here at RCE Podcast, we wanted to extend our solidarity and share some important resources to support the cause and the Black community. Here are some ways to show up and support the Black community. Safely participate in protests and marches. Support protesters with food and water. Donate to bail out funds, organizations at the front line of the fight for justice. Volunteer with local organizations. Use your voice, influence, platform to speak out against racism, inequality, and police brutality. Vote for local officials that will hold your community law enforcement accountable. Support the cause with your dollars. Fund radical justice. And here are a few organizations that you can support. George Floyd Memorial Fund. This is the official GoFundMe to support the Floyd family. That's GoFundMe.com slash F slash George Floyd. The Minnesota Freedom Fund. This is a community-based nonprofit that pays criminal bail and immigration bonds for individuals who have been arrested while protesting police brutality. Black Vision Collective, a black, trans, and queer-led organization that is committed to dismantling systems of oppression and violence and shifting the public narrative to create transformative, long-term change. Reclaim the Block, coalition that advocates for and invests in community-led safety initiatives in Minneapolis neighborhoods. Campaign Zero, an online platform and organization that utilizes research-based policy solutions to end police brutality in America. Unicorn Riot, nonprofit organization that is dedicated to exposing root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues. If you would like to donate to the cause locally for Los Angeles, link tree slash action bail fund LA. That's linktr.ee slash action bail fund LA. If you're in the San Diego area, go to at SD bail fund to help for your organizer and our community members. I would like to leave you with seven mental health resources for black people right now as well. Dive in well. Sister Afra, Therapy for Black Girls, Heal Haas, Inclusive Therapist, Ethel's Club, The Nat Ministry. Paige and I wanted to show our support and gratitude and to remind everyone to please stay safe. With all the heaviness at the moment, we hope you can escape with us for the next 20 minutes or so for part two of our Disney Animation Era mini-sode.
The era that everyone knows about and everyone talks about and everyone loves, especially nowadays, because this is basically, as a millennial, this is the era you really grew up with. This is the Renaissance. The Renaissance. The Renaissance. And it is from 1989 to 1999. And this is where you truly, truly, truly get some foundational groundbreaking movies. This is The Lion King, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Tarzan, Mulan, Pocahontas, Toy Story, Bugs Life, everything. Everything you can imagine watching when you were a kid, I promise you, you watched it in this era unless you owned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not speaking for any of our 50 pluses, but usually... Um, when kids talk about their childhood, at least the ones that I know as adults that I speak to, they talk about this era. Yeah. I remember actually seeing Aladdin in theaters. Um, you're probably too young. I was, I can't even remember. When did it come out? Let's see really quick. Well, yes, I think it came out about 93 or so. So I was being pushed. (laughs) You were literally just the baby. Which Aladdin's a banger. Oh, so good. So good. And uh, I actually, um, I remember actually watching the animated series because they they obviously had like movies two and three, but they also had an animated series that I thought was pretty decent. (laughs) That one and the Little Mermaid animated series. I actually really loved it because it was like a prequel series. It was really fun. And Aladdin, um, the Aladdin series was post, but it was like, if this had happened this way in Aladdin, I was like, it was, it was really fun. I would love to revisit those uh, series again because they were just really cool. And you can now with Disney Plus. I know. This isn't sponsored. And it, it's so funny because before we even started doing this episode, you had mentioned about the eras. And then sure enough, I was on Disney Plus and they actually um, do it through the eras, like through a chunk of time. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. I didn't even realize that. I, I haven't been how... on that app in a while. So if you do have Disney+, Plus, um, kind of look around. I My boyfriend was the en- ended up uh, getting onto like this one option, and I was like, oh, how cool. So we kind of reminisced throughout the year. They don't, I don't think do, they do it through the era, but I just thought it was really cool to see it. And uh, so we got to be nostalgic for a little bit. And I was like, where were you in 1996? That's you know? a really good structure. That's really cool. And uh, in these movies, the reasons that they were so kind of foundational for Disney was because this was when Howard Ashman and Alan Menken Mm -hmm. started working on their movies for the music. And if anyone knows Disney, you hear Alan Menken's name and you know exactly what they're talking about. Because Alan Menken did all of the really, really cool music for all of these films and so did Howard Ashman, but I think Alan Menken is more recognized, especially with all of the Disney films that got transferred into Broadway shows. Um, Alan Menken did a lot of that groundwork. Um, and this was the only era that actually had a documentary about it. Uh, it's called Waking Sleeping Beauty, and it's basically about everything that went into creating this era, because this era, I think it meant so much to me because they included a lot of inspirational themes like life lessons so for example don't judge a book by its cover simple ones like that to more I think 
cooler ones, which I thought was you don't have to be classified by your birth. Like Aladdin, you know. Right, and Pocahontas too. Exactly. Or, I mean, I think that um, just kind of thinking about the movies in this era, that's kind of the theme across the board. If you think about Little Mermaid, who was a mermaid trying to be a human, Hunchback, who was um, a beautiful person inside but just had this, like, disfigured face, Um, Pocahontas, who was... Um, coming from a different place from, from John Smith but you're right there was these like I guess um, moral stories that I didn't think about until you brought it up right now so yeah, they're really foundational and there was teaching these kids like lessons that were valuable and that they could carry through into adolescence basically positive ones positive themes and this is, I mean, a lot of people signed on for this. Elton John, Phil Collins. You got some people that were very prominent in music. Christina Be- Aguilera. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Don't think I'm front on you. I remember that Mulan cover. Oh, she was really looking at that reflection. She's like, uh-huh. I remember she did that at exactly the same time I was obsessed with the album she put out, the first one with Genie in a Bottle in it. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. Now she's <laughs> doing Mulan. It's a, it's a hard song. I remember um, they did some interview with her. And uh, there is, even for her, who has an amazing, like, set of pipes. Oh, yeah. She had to go, like, this high, low um, part of the, the Mulan song. and But she nailed it. I don't think there isn't a song she can't sing. Oh, yeah. She, she super nailed it. And I remember on Disney Channel, that was when, during commercials, they'd play a music video. And that was always <laughs> yes. one of the main ones they'd play because she'd be like be like and it's like her on a bridge looking off into the water just talking about (laughs) her on a bridge looking beautiful and platinum like it was a really cool time it was such a cool time and this is when they donned the age of computer animation toy story was the first ever computer animated thing for disney and obviously that is a beloved film franchise and I thought um, one of the most underrated computer animated was Bugs Life. And oh. I will, I will I mean, stand by that. I would say that people in this room could really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Because I'm still bitter that they're tearing down Bugs Land in California Adventure and putting up Marvel World. Yeah. There's not, I don't think there's a week that goes by that you don't mention it. You're like, I just need to say one more time. I'm real upset. Because people at work always be bringing up Marvel heroes and stuff. And I'm like, and that's great and all. But also, that world was a vision brought to life. I thought everything in that land was so cool down to the fact that when you enter it, you're in a cereal box. Okay? So good. It was so cool. It was so inventive. And they're just like, all right, scrap it. And I get it, but I'm resentful. Because I just don't like cars that much. I said it. <laughs> I'm also right there. So There it is. There it is. Unpopular opinions on this podcast. Yeah. Did we start a war? Perhaps. <laughs> we. You came to this show f- for opinions, and that's what we're giving That's what you're going to get? I will die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically they racked in a lot of money, which brought them into post-Renaissance. And that is 2000 to 2009. Now, this era was kind of like their second dark age because they had a lot of hit and misses here. Like, some were real bangers, and then other ones completely fell flat. So I'm going to name some for you, and you can kind of 
you know, come in on ones that you may not have either seen or even knew existed. So this is when we have Fantasia 2000, the second one. This is when we have Atlantis, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Home on the Range, Meet the Robinsons, Incredibles, Treasure Planet, Lilo and Stitch, Emperor's New Groove, and Bolt. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You have a lot of emotions, right? Were you on a roller coaster? Oh, my God. Very contrast. Very Very light. Very light and dark. Um, Emperor's New Groove, for sure, like, one of my top five, because, again, it was one of those movies we quote a lot of, and me and my sister always do little scenes from it. I think even you and me, we love that movie. Underrated. That was one of me and my brother's movies that we put on to go to sleep. But Fantasia 2000? (laughs) Maybe Uh, not so much. Home on the Range? Home on the (laughs) Range. I've seen it. It's it's rough. It's real rough. They had Roseanne Barr play a cow. That should tell you everything. You see, this is okay. So, admittedly, I didn't realize it was a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that that you named that I was not a hundred percent something because it seemed a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So Atlantis for sure. Seen it, like it, but didn't Atlantis realize was it was good. Disney. Treasure Planet, pretty decent, but again, also liked it. In my mind, I'm like, oh, those are Fox movies. <laughs> oh yeah, because this is when they were trying to basically. They were trying to appeal to the crowd that grew up on the Renaissance. So they were trying to mature their themes and stand out. But unfortunately, this was the dawn of the Lord of the Rings live action movies and the Harry Potter live action movies. Ah. So they were trying to compete with two super amazing franchises that were appealing to these kids. They were trying to keep up. And unfortunately, they were hitting... <laughs> They were hitting the wall with darts, and only some were hitting the bullseye. <laughs> some of them fell right to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is when they first used CGI. So CGI was used in Dinosaur. That was the first movie ever CGI'd, and it was... Which I want to mention, you do not like this movie. I, it's not, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Can I say why you don't like this yeah, movie? Yeah, please do. So I haven't seen the whole thing, if, I, if I'm if i being quite honest. Um, but Paige was like, it's just that the eyes of the dinosaurs are so shiny. I was like, that's why you don't like... Just like, it's scary, though. You, you say that, but when I was a child, I saw this movie... Unfortunately, I saw this movie at the drive-in. So the drive-in's already a certain kind of setting, right? You right. Your KFC. You're gonna, you have like a, at least a 50-50 of getting murdered, right? Yeah, already. already. As a child in the back of your car, you're thinking, <laughs> this is weird. I uh, got my KFC bucket. Um, the wind's blowing. <laughs> do, the, do not go to the bathroom by yourself. The whole <laughs> sound's echoing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it's a mood. It's a vibe. It's a mood. It's a vibe. And when you see some glassy-ass, like glassy-eyed dinosaurs traping through this really like everything was really dark in that movie the colors were really dark and they were running and there's lava and there's smoke and there's this eye zoom in the whole cover is the zoom in of the eye that's all i'm saying and it's scary and the ending is kind of tragic it's a whole thing i'm not going to spoil any of it for you but i will say that it's just a lot and for me at the age i was it was heavy 
Because I'm sorry, I you gotta remember, I was born in '93, so I wasn't old enough to be up to snuff like all the other people were. I was seeing Harry Potter and having a good time, but I was still a little young for it. Yeah, at least they, you know, they built up to, like, <laughs> the winner of Azkaban. <laughs> well, and I was a very nervous child, obviously, with the Snow White ride. Okay, was... see, and, and I can get that this could be kind of a nervous movie. I wasn't always this spooky bitch that you know now. <laughs> I was a little more scared back then, so that was a really terrifying movie for me, so, like, when I see that movie in there, even though it has like Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo, which I think are amazing films, there's some amazing films in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this era is shit. Lilo and Stitch, amazing, you know? But there's a lot of buffers there. There's, there's yeah. definitely some buffers. And for me, it's probably one of my least favorites because of that, because there was such um, yeah, disappointments. I, I myself are, am kind of in a mix of emotions here because there is. There's some bangers and there's some... Leave it at the door. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll pass. It's a no from me, dog. <laughs> no from me, dog. Yeah, so they had to deal with that. Um, they had to kind of progress from that. And I think they did beautifully, actually. They realized it was a shortcoming and that they needed to have a peak. And that is what they did. They had the second Disney Renaissance. That's what they call it. And this is the last of the eras. This is from 2010 to where we are in now in 2020. Um, they go in little gaps of 10 years, so I'm assuming 2020 and on will be a whole new era. So we're oh. about to see a whole new era, guys. Ew. But these last 10 years have been what they call the second Disney Renaissance. And that's, you know, basically they have Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Brave, Wreck-It Ralph, uh, Frozen, which was the highest grossing movie ever. Uh, for children and Big Hero Six, which was the highest audience-rated movie, actually, oh. which I wanted to mention because I think Big Hero Six doesn't get enough credit for being as good as it is. I don't think so either. I I love that movie, but it even for me, for someone who really, um, I think I probably even cried. I'm not, I'm not surprised because I'm a big baby, but um, it's uh, I don't know why it's a movie that doesn't stick in a way even for people that saw it like i know and I thought because it, it is so, so good. good so good the soundtrack is so good the theme was so good it like dealt with such a unique thing like how frozen had the sister thing going on you know it kind of brought it back to like lilo and stitch that intimacy that those sisters had it brought it into a different light and you got pixar on it pixar really is all this era is really um, is Pixar. I really dug Princess and the Frog and how they went back to cell animation. I'd love to see it again, but I don't foresee it happening, unfortunately. I think they're going to stick to their guns. They're going to stick with Pixar. They're going to stick with uh, kind of commu- computer animated things because it's easier and I understand it and you can get things out faster, but it's a shame. I think it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, because especially if you did grow up in the, uh, you know, the pre-eras of the um, second renaissance, I mean, there's there's nothing like those types of animation films. That even though yeah. these these CGI, like I mean, it takes teams and teams and so many people to make them, and they're beautiful. They're like eye candy, right? Yeah. But there's it's kind of like you can stream a song, but you can also put on a record, and those movies is very much like experiencing a record. Yeah, like that vintage look is not to be frowned on I think it was beautiful and it just showed the workmanship and how much they really believed in these movies that they were putting out because they truly put their heart and soul into these films because they had to 
They had to work on it so hard. And it shows. It shows. Not saying that uh, the Pixar movies, you don't see that either. I'm just saying it was a different, it was a different time. And it was a different kind of person that was an animator back then. Totally. I think there is just as much work that goes into it. Um, But it has been interesting to see it. They pretty much, right? I mean, I don't even think they do like that type of animation anymore. There was one part once Pixar was introduced that they're like, well, so here's here's our original animators and here's our Pixar people. And they're like, okay (laughs) yeah a lot of things kind of got absorbed into each other and there was like some company politics and everything like that which i think now they're very copacetic and they're they're still visionary and they showed that in the last 10 years they still have such a vision and they don't feel like they have to pander to those kind of middle like preteen era because they bought lucas films and they have marvel now. and now they have marvel so they have things to like atone these kids so they went back to fairy tales again but different fairy tales new fairy tales what's really cool about uh, introducing pixar with disney is the short films that they do oh i love them the ones that you get to see like if you go to the theater um and they'll have like a little short yeah those i mean those are really special because they i think it allows to set another tone Um, And a really relevant tone. And it's just a little slice. And with the Pixar shorts, I think the really cool thing about them is they're giving these animators that might not have been recognized a shot. Like, they're giving, they're showing, we want fresh talent. We want people out here giving us their stories. And we want to do that. And they're doing a lot of sequels. They did a lot of things in these last 10 years. They tried a lot of things. The live action retellings of the renaissance era which they're still doing now we still are on board for mulan which unfortunately got pushed back because of coronavirus (laughs) and they just cast the little mermaid not too long ago and they're doing another cinderella oh yeah they're doing another cinderella girl yeah which okay well we'll revisit that but yeah they're doing another cinderella camila gabello is gonna be out here cinderella in it so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be to be determined how I feel about that later. I'm sure we'll yeah, talk we'll, about it. We'll put in a future. pin in it for sure. Um, but yeah, this is it's kind of exciting then to see uh, where we're kind of going to be going in these next ten years. Like what what this all is going to unfold, and what an interesting way to kind of come into it. Yeah, what too. is it going to be called? But now you guys can know. Like if your favorite. Uh, movie is the Aristocats, you know exactly what era that came from. And you can kind of vibe on when you look at something, I think you can really tell what era it came from once you know everything. Yeah, when you come in with that information, I think for me anyway, when I know more information, I think we talk about some, sometimes that ends up being our favorite scenes in movies because we knew more information. And yeah. I feel like you can just appreciate, uh, just something much more for that reason you're like oh that's nice (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely because there's some that kind of get wedged in there like 101 dalmatians i very much thought was in the the bronze age or something like that but it was during the time that they did sleeping beauty which is crazy to me those are so separate movies they look so differently but it kind of tacked in right in there like in the center of of that era they were just like we're doing this and then now back to this 
Well, I really Jeff Goldblum this uh, this episode, and I just referenced into I didn't really have any notes, and I came in just wanting to learn. So I was really excited that you have bestowed this knowledge to us all. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you took something from it. If you have a favorite like era of your own, please share with us. Or if you have any new information that I might have not have mentioned, I would love to love to hear about it. Yeah, I love tidbits, so send them our way. Um, but we're going to take a real short break, and we'll be right back. Guys, I want you guys to get real pumped up. Pump you up for Pump our up. next episode. We will be doing True Lies with Miss Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and also Tom Arnold. If, also the other Arnold. If you have forgotten, just to name a few in this awesome film. Tara Carrera? Tia Carrera? Tia. Tia Leone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really remember, and that's the beauty of it, and that's why we're covering it. So it's definitely a classico. It is from back in the... When, when did that come out? That came out in 1994. 1994, guys. So we are going smack dab in the middle. Action! It's gonna, it's gonna be good. We thought with these minisodes too that we can kind of like preempt for the next episode, give you guys a little homework. A little pace. If homework is, you know, watching awesome movies, then by all means. But we also wanted to let you know what it's available on. Uh, you can easily Google it. That's kind of how we've been finding our movies, and we've been mildly successful, right? Pretty good. Yeah, I'd say yeah. that. I almost paid $14 to watch When Harry Met Sally, but, you know, that's not... <laughs> yeah, I digress. Let's now. put a pen in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can actually find True Lies on Hulu, um, or if you have HBO Now or HBO Go, or if you have Amazon Prime, you should be able to find it on any of those. Uh, so if you have any comments, questions, concerns... Um, yeah, send us a message um, through our Instagram or Twitter, or if you want to leave a message on our Anchor page, we'd love to hear from you. Remember to vibe positively and keep it spicy. Spicy.